Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and check them out online at Blue Water Climate Control for all your HVAC needs. You got to have your air conditioning running right now because it is absolutely hot. So hot that even I'm hot, which is really hard to happen, right, AP? I'm typically in my hooded sweatshirt and toboggan 10 months out of the year, but hey, it's warm enough that uh, even I'm hot right now. So uh, make sure your AC is working. If you're having any problems, Blue Water Climate Control can take care of that, whether it's a major repair, small repair, um, just a general tune-up, whatever, to get your air conditioning running right, they can take care of you at Blue Water Climate Control. Again, check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or give them a buzz, 865-299-2290. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Plenty to get to in this edition Where's the airflow? Where's the airflow, Hubs? <laughs> All right, you're going to tell this story, aren't you? I mean, I mean. I wasn't, but since you've teed me up, I will. We were headed back from SEC Media Days. and Hubs, now, now in defense of Hubs, he was in the slow lane, okay? And he was keeping up with the pace of traffic. And I was but in we the White Rocket. Alabama. I was in the White he, Rocket, my Toyota Corolla. <laughs> All he 87 was, horsepower of it. Yeah, you can't hide money. <laughs> he, 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 we get pulled over. Okay. Now, granted, we weren't in the fast lane. We weren't passing any cars. In fact, we were kind of like in about, we were probably like eight out of eight cars, kind of just that were like lined up, you know, a couple car lengths apart, you know, going the same speed. So Hubs pulls over. I was at the tail end of the lead lap in that group, but go ahead. Yeah, you were. So Hubs pulls over and the, and, you know, Officer gets out. You know why I pulled you over? And Brent's like, well, I guess I was going too fast. I, I was just keeping up with the flow of traffic. And the officer goes, where was the flow? And, and at this point, Hub's realizing it's just better to take my medicine. Gives him the, the, the ID and he goes back there. Comes back, nice gentleman. Tennessee's in a Tennessee plated car. Comes back, gives Hub's a warning and uh, we, we we continue about our day, but it was still it was just where's the flow? I think it was because Austin told him he knew Jeremy Pruitt, and it was around Fort Payne, well, Rainsville. I will say this: I was trying to show Hubs the spaceship launch <laughs> on YouTube, and apparently he felt like he was in a rocket <laughs> and, and 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 gassed the pedal. So, um, it, it, AP, how many miles do you think you – we've traveled thousands of miles together. How many How many miles do you think you spent in the slow lane would be? A zero. I, you know, <laughs> zero. I, I did tell Hubs, I said, if that had been Rob, he would have passed all those cars, and we would have run from the cops like uh, Bo and Luke running from Roscoe. So no ticket, was speeding, got away with it with a fine – with a nice warning from a very fine officer and a gentleman on I-59, so we appreciate him. Uh, taking care of us with a, with a warning after uh, we were we were speeding, but I was with the flow of traffic. Austin Price, as as you would attest as my witness, I was in the flow of traffic. Speaking of the flow, the question is, what's the flow of the SEC? So we'll start there in this edition of the podcast, as we'll get to what everybody wants to talk about, which is sports and um, not my poor driving habits. Um, all right, Rob Lewis, I hadn't had a chance to really get to your take of this. Um, I know Austin and I talked about it on uh, OutKick last Friday, but but your takeaways from 
um, Oklahoma and Texas. And how much do you buy into the notion that the SEC will not be done with just two teams? Of course, Texas and Oklahoma telling the Big 12 they have no desire to uh, renegotiate or be a part of things after the TV contract and everything ends in 25. Uh, they have formally filed that with the, with the Big 12, which says, hey, we're out. Um, so what, what do you make of, of the, the reality there for that? And, and B, do you think the SEC's done, or is this really Greg Sankey going to try to get his conference to take over the college football world? Yeah. One of my first reactions after hearing and reading about it when, when you came out that allegedly talks have been going on for a year was that it was it was kept quiet. Yeah, that, that is amazing. You know, nothing trickled out about it. That was, you know, I, I think that's borderline amazing in this day and age that you know somebody somewhere didn't overhear something they they weren't supposed to, or you know, or somebody just couldn't resist you know passing along. But uh, beyond that, I mean, talking about a talking about a revenue monster. I mean, this is the SEC is not that it already wasn't you know, at the top of the food chain, but now it's going to be a monolith now. And I don't see any way it doesn't kill the big 12 that personally, I mean, I think you'll see that break apart and, you know, nobody knows this for sure, but doesn't it feel like this was maybe the first step and the SEC absolutely just take, you know, take it over the sport officially instead of an unofficial capacity, like, you know, kind of like they have now. Well, uh, if you're going to go to 16, why not get, why don't go to 20? I mean, you're already, You've thrown out the notion that everybody's going to play everybody or even come close when you get to 16 teams in football. So just go for it. Well, you saw Jay Billis come out on Monday and say that, you know, the ACC ought to push the SEC for a merger, you know, of all the built-in rivalries and, and geographical locations that are similar. Um, that way it kind of piggybacks what the SEC is doing. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think this – I think this is the first domino. I think you're going to see more than just the two. Um, and we'll be interesting to see how it plays out, how it's structured, how do they break up the divisions or pods or however they're going to do it. I think what Hubbard said in the, in the chat tonight was something, you know, that I, I agreed with when I saw it was if they go with pods, that – I think highly suggest that they're not done as opposed that they go with divisions. I mean, it wouldn't make it impossible no matter what they do, but I think if they go with pods that, that maybe suggest that, that they are already planning on more acquisitions. You mentioned ACC and basketball. There's already several States that have one school in each conference, you know, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, that one's, you know, that wouldn't be much of a stretch to see. Well, no, I mean, you're exactly right, especially with the fact that A&M and now Texas will be in the same state. You already had Auburn and Alabama, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mississippi, Mississippi State, um, you know, that were kind of always built in. But now all of a sudden, you know, you Texas and Texas A&M both come from the same state within, you know, a decade of each other. You know, how, how quickly do you see, you know, further expansion – uh, into South Carolina with a Clemson or into Florida with a Miami or Florida State or, you know, uh, so on and so forth, Georgia with Georgia Tech. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, Arkansas, Arkansas State, Butch would love to be back in the SEC. Um, the, uh, the, uh, no, Hunter, I would ask you, I mean, if you're Clemson, I mean, I bet the revenue difference is massive. Is it massive enough to offset what you're pulling in from college football playoffs every year? I don't know. Cakewalk. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And the one thing I don't know is 
you know, in, in the SEC, it's, it's the, they, they cut the pie, you know, they divide the pie. Some of these other conferences, it's a little top, it's a little top heavy, you know, with certain teams, meaning it's not an equal, it's not always just a dead equal revenue split. So I, I don't know how exactly how the ACC is structured um, with, with, with their rev share. Uh, I, I just think that there's so much money with the SEC. And, and again, with, with where, with where the, the NCAA feels like it's going, which is into the vast wasteland in a lot of ways, Austin. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't even know if there's going to be a committee, of, a, a committee on infractions in the NCAA a year from now. You know, I, I don't know what kind of, you know, where the NCAA is going to be. And if that's the case, if, if you're a player in college football, I mean, a big-time player, I, I, think, I think you're clawing your way to do everything you can to try to get to the SEC just to make sure you've got a seat at the table. Because if the NCAA – and maybe I'm wrong here, okay? And then you guys tell me I'm wrong. It's not going to offend me, uh, I mean, in any way. But if, if the NCAA loses its teeth, then to me, isn't Greg Sankey and the SEC controlling college football? I mean, isn't, isn't that what's going to happen? Don't you want a seat at that table if you're in the ACC as a football powerhouse or – if you're in another conference as a legitimate football school, don't you feel like you're sitting there as an AD going, I got to get to that table because it, it, it kind of feels like it's going to be big 10 versus sec when it's all. That's, exactly, that's exactly what it's going to be. That's okay. exactly what it's going to be. I mean, I guess in theory, you potentially could have part of the big 12 go to the big 10 part of it, go to the pack 12, you know, I, I know pack 12 seems weak in, in certain sports, but it's not like you can put like Ohio State in with USC. Like somebody, there's going to have to be some type of league out west. So I, you know, whether it's called the Pac-12 or something else, um, I, you, I do think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see teams like you know, I mean, like if you were in the ACC and you did want to merge some schools with the SEC, and like Boston College doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So maybe they go to the Big Ten. Um, you know, if that happens, I, I just think it's going to switch and and change drastically. Um, I know that was asked in the chat, you know, I mean, yeah, potentially, you know, as you said, they, they may not even have a governing body to, to, to rule on infractions a year from now. Tennessee's not doing that. If, if, if Tennessee's doing anything, they're dragging this out because they're trying to get as much ammunition to make sure they don't have to pay Jeremy Pruitt a dime. It has nothing to do with, you know, playing, you know, underwater checkers or chess or whatever that guy's, <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not that smart to drag it out thinking that they're not going to get hit with any kind of penalty if they just continue it on. I mean, Hubbard, to your point, with the kind of – I mean, especially if they're not done, and even if they don't act Clemson. I mean, even if it's, you know, Florida State, Miami, you know, Virginia Virginia Tech or something. I mean, the why would the why would that coalition of, of schools that are going to be raking in as much money as they're going to be raking in be beholden to the, NB, uh, to the NCAA, you know, to be their governing body to, to tell them what to do for on, on anything. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't, I mean, you, you know, I mean, we all know that the NCAA doesn't want to get sued because they've lost every seemingly every lawsuit that's been thrown their way recently. And I, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't see where they're going to, I just don't see where they're going to be. Um, you know, I mean, somebody's got to govern something at, at some point, you know what I mean? Just like 
at some point you got to be in a conference where you can beat somebody too. I mean, you know, that that's just kind of what all this is going to come down to. I, mean, I don't think you can have a, a conference of 28 or 30 teams, but I mean, if you're the sec, you're right. If you're going to 16, why, why not go to 20? If the other four are Clemson, Florida state, Georgia tech, Virginia Tech, for example, just, you know, from a geography standpoint, why not? Right. What's the difference to me? I mean, and that's, yeah, I mean, mean, there's already be seven, even if you, even if you go to a nine game conference schedule, that's going to leave six teams in the league that you don't play. What's the difference in not playing, you know, 10, 10 teams. I mean, is it, is it really that, that vast and in basketball, it would be, you know, you could get creative and it wouldn't be, you know, you could play a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. You just wouldn't play a lot of people twice, but you could, yeah. I mean, you could play a lot of people uh, with, without any doubt. Um, so, I mean, it's happening. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think anybody's suggesting that it's not happening. So, um, everybody get, you know, get on board with it or retire like, like, like the AD at Missouri did, right? Just, just walk out with two years left on your deal going, I don't, I'm, I'm good, you know, um, but it's, it's going to happen. What it's going to look like, Austin, you're exactly right. I don't know. Um, and Austin, the more I look at this, the more I agree with what you what you said on, on Friday. I mean, it, it just, it only makes it harder for teams to try to claw their way to the top. If you're a team trying to get back, um, whether you do pods, whether you do divisions, pods probably makes it a little easier, you know, than the divisions as you were talking about on Friday and outkick. But the more you, the more I look at it, more it's, it, it's a hard, it's going to be a hard road. It's a hard road back for anybody. If you're just adding that the ranks of those people, even if you don't play, you know, that, I mean, if you're playing an eight or nine game schedule, it's going to be hard to get back. It, it's a, it's a real challenge. And we'll, we'll see where Tennessee's at and, and whenever all this, you know, comes down when everybody's into place in the meantime, Tennessee is trying to get ready to start fall camp and they're getting themselves ready to go a week from Wednesday. We'll have obviously all the coverage of that. Josh Heupel to meet the media a week from Tuesday where he'll be talking about, I'm sure, vaccinations and quarterbacks and, and all of that, those types of things. But um, Tennessee's roster appears to be set at this point. Doesn't seem to be any more defections. And um, uh, we'll see what happens, you know, with Tennessee on um, what Josh Heupel has to say. But this is, you know, the final calm before the storm. This is the don't get anybody hurt in the weight room. Nobody pull a muscle. Nobody getting those things done. But before you get going uh, with, with that, so we'll have continued coverage. Our continued pr- positional previews will roll on throughout the remainder of this week. And, um, and then obviously leading up to the press conference on Tuesday and leading up to the first practice on Wednesday. On the recruiting front, Austin, you can open up things in recruiting uh, this week. And then there's news out there. Obviously, we got Walter Nolan's in East Tennessee officially. And then you got Addison Nichols putting out a, co- a commitment date on when he's going to do something. Uh, and then Tennessee's hoping to have some prospects in town this weekend as well. So this is a pretty hectic little week for, for colleges, including Tennessee, and possibly a, a newsy week for Tennessee, right? AP, you got Walter squared away in the basement there? Uh, I don't have a basement in my house, Rob. Um, uh, but no, he's not here. Um, 
I don't think I don't think I don't think Austin's gonna be Uncle Uncle Austin with Walter. You could have get him Cade's old room. <laughs> Go ahead, AP. <laughs> now I, you know, Cade Cade swings by on a, he's on the bender. Um, the um, I'm playing. Um, Walter Nolan, I've I just tried to caution everybody because again, I think it's somebody asked a great question in the chat and then kind of label like, is this this that or, or or option C, and and to me it is option one. It is you know a lot of the flipping of predictions and all that based off the fact that he's moving to Knoxville, Tennessee to play his senior year. And uh, you know I, again Tennessee's in it. When I come when I think they're in the top three, sure. I'll give Tennessee the top three, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you only, there's only one position and that's number one, Tennessee get there. I mean, we'll see. I mean, kid likes Rodney Garner. Um, but then, again, this thing's going to have 5,000 twists and turns between now and December. So, you know, I'm not going to, you know, get because, few predictions flip around. I mean, they'll flip back around. Everybody had him pegged to go to Florida, you know, six weeks ago. So um, we'll see what happens. Uh, as for Addison Nichols, I mean, I don't know. We've kind of spelled that out in the war room for several weeks since he's in excellent shape there. Um, and and then, you know, we'll see if anybody else, you know, pulls the trigger um, over the next, you know, week or so. I, you know, Tennessee's going to have, you know, several 23s on campus coming up Saturday for their little – you know, cookout or whatever, whatever it's called, um, you know. And so, you know, getting a couple of 22s in town from the state of Georgia, we'll have full names of that coming up later in the week in the war room. And, uh, and we'll see, you know, what else goes on from there. But, you know, it's relatively quiet outside of just a few names that potentially could pop. And, and that's just, you know, just kind of the nature of the beast um, at this point. You know, Tennessee just didn't have a, a huge board of names that they're out there on. I think Alec – A.O. Manor. I've got the pronunciation down on that one. I've honed in on that. I do think he does something at the latest, the second week of August, at the latest. And Tennessee's Tennessee's dead in the middle of that one, right? Tennessee Stanford is that the final two? Yeah, I mean, yes. In in my opinion, it is. I mean, he's never going to say that. Um, Maybe he'll release a top two or three um, at some point in the next, you know, couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, I, I expect him to, you know, come to a decision sometime right around, you know, early to mid-August. AP, you know, you got to have three hats on the table. At least – got to at least have three hats on the table. Depends on what two they are. Well, are you going to go two and have one in the bag underneath the table? Oh. you pull out, you know. I mean, that's – that's the, uh, it's you know, a hot that's, move over. That is a, that's the popular trend. That's the popular way to go right now. AP, I mean, in, in seeing, I mean, the fact that this whole week is open in recruiting. I mean, kids can come on campus and, and be on campus all week long. I, I mean, it, it feels like it's pretty slow, not just for Tennessee, but for a lot of people around the country because kids are in high school. Yeah, because all these high school right? kids are – It's just hard, yeah. right? It is. I, I think what you'll see – is kids Thursday, Friday, Saturday, th- those days. But even then, like, you know, you guys know, you have, you have boys that are playing. What, what's going to happen Friday? In most instances, I know a few scrimmages are going. They want to get, most they go to the pool. Well, but kids are scrimmaging Friday. Right. You know, who's West scrimmage Friday, Rob? Uh, Jeff Carey. 
Yeah, see, and, and I'm sure Gibbs scrimmages somebody too. So yeah, I mean, good, like yeah. Gatlinburg Pittman. So, so who wants to get up Saturday and go somewhere? Yeah, you know. And so it's just hard. I mean, it's just like Tennessee playing that Thursday game. You know, to open the season, you're not going to see a lot of recruits in town because they're going to be playing the next night. But, so what? So why open but, this? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But go ahead. go ahead. That's why I think Tennessee needs to really push that September second second game to be Walter Nolan night at Neyland stadium, because he can come over, go through that four o'clock walk through at Powell and then mosey on over to the stadium for a game. The first game of the Josh Heupel era, you know, it'll be a good atmosphere. It should be a game. Tennessee can win. I would work really hard if I'm Rodney Garner in Tennessee to make sure Rod Walter Nolan is in the stands for uh, September 2nd, because he can be go ahead. Yep. That's a good point. Um, well, if you're the NCAA, of course, I know I just talked about how they had no juice, but wh- why open up this week? What, wh- what do you think that the, the rationale for opening this week up? Well, it's been like this the last several – this right. last several cycles outside of minus last year. Right. Um, so, you know, why do I, it? I think it's just to give everybody one last little chance to, to, to go in before, you know, uh, everybody is in fall camp, you know, because, you know, while most – you know, aren't going to be able to make it. There are instances where kids can. So it gives you just another little bit of a window to go do this stuff. Yeah. I just, to me, I mean, I think that that just, it's it is asking, hard. It's asking puts a the lot. Kids in tough spot. Yeah, it does. It puts them in a tough spot with, with, cause it's the first week in Tennessee. It's the first week in pads, you know, um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a bit of a challenge, but. Um, and I, I bet a lot I, of college coaches don't love it. I mean, cause I mean, You'd have to work because you're afraid somebody, you know, somebody else is working, and you, you don't want to get, you know, get behind or be perceived as, as not pushing kids as hard. Yeah, I mean, I just I can't imagine that it's a more it's a popular week. I, I just I don't know how beneficial ultimately it is. We'll see what Tennessee's what the names look like for Tennessee um, when this weekend comes about, and and kind of what they get out of it or, or they don't get out of it with the twenty twos and twenty threes. I do think it's easier for to get kids here. You know, anybody that's doing a Saturday deal, a lot easier. Scrimmage on Friday or practice, depending on where you're at. You go. Nobody's practicing or scrimmaging on Saturday unless you're, you know, Clinton versus Morristown East. Those two teams are scrimmaging on Saturday, um, but in most instances they're not. So it is easy to get kids to come on a Saturday, spend four or five hours, then go back home, and then they're right back to practice on Monday, and no high school coach is out any kind of time with his kid. Yep, that's that, that's true, uh, and, you know, with just a commitment to do something on Saturday, but that's certainly doable. All right, Rob, let's talk – let's jump to hoops, and, and um, I, I know there's not a whole lot changing on the recruiting board there, uh, but but I want to ask you, uh, what, what's, what's the story with Keon Johnson and – in in Springer, particularly Keon Johnson. I mean, is this a situation where he's having bad workouts or, or he's creating some doubt in workouts? Or is this a situation that's a classic kind of draft time deal where, you know, everybody's picked every scab potentially out there about a guy and, and all of a sudden you got some posturing by, you know, talking about this guy's falling and that type of thing. What, what do you think is going on there? Uh, I'm, not, I'm like, like you, I'm not shocked about Jaden I always thought he was you know 25-ish that, that kind of player I'm really surprised don't tell Keon. Tampa Bay Trey that do not mm-hmm. tell Tampa Bay Trey I, mean, I think Jaden's a really good player I just you know just the, 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 the dynamics aren't there the NBA guys tweener. he's the ultimate tweener good at everything 
great at anything. Yeah, man, I, mean, I, I think I, I think Jaden's going to be a fine NBA player, but I, I just and it's not just because I think Keon is is really good. I mean, I don't think Keon is going to help anybody tremendously right away other than as, as a defense player. I completely acknowledge the warts in his game and he needs to tighten up his handle. He didn't shoot it great last year. But I, I also remember seeing, you know, Tennessee play Kawhi Leonard in the NCAA tournament when he was at San Diego State and he was a freshman and he looked like a giraffe walking on ice and, and couldn't, you know, couldn't throw it in the ocean. Shot like 20, 23% from three-point range. There, there are numerous, numerous examples of guys being able to improve their shot at the next level. Numerous examples. And um, I, to me, I, I just think – I don't know if this is accurate. I, I think Keon's lack of skill development has, has hurt him. And I think he's been in some workouts with some guys who are more polished, who are more, you know, more able to help right away. And I think that you're seeing where teams value shooting with some, because some of the names that I see moving past Keon where he was way ahead of, you know, three or four weeks there were guys like um, Moses Moody at Arkansas who can stroke it. Uh, the kid, Cam Thomas at, at LSU, who is a big-time scorer already. But um, I'm telling you, man, if, if Keon falls to the neighborhood of 20, I think somebody has gotten a long-term steal. I mean, I, I would be really surprised if he's not a very, very good NBA player for a long time. I don't think he's ever going to be the best player on a good team, but I think he could be the second or third best player on a really good team. Somebody like Andre Iguodala you know, plays with some great offensive players and, and is just a shutdown defensive guy. But bottom line, I think it's skill development. But the way that – that still surprises me because so often you see at least, you know, certain NBA front offices just value the physical tools so much and have a, have a firm belief and confidence that, that they can develop the skill set. But it just could all be, all be posturing as well for either kid. You know, and again, this is all mock drafts. I mean, this is not any NBA GM coming out and, and saying something. Because all it takes is one. All it takes is one, you know, team liking Jaden or Keon to go higher than what they're, quote, projected. And, you know, you see a lot of posturing this time of year. Eh, I don't really like him when they really do because they don't, you know, want, they want anybody to know who they like. Yeah, there, there's definitely some of that going on. And that's what I was curious to see um, if – you know, if this was just a case where once they got past the measurables, it was let's let's kind of let's kind of find every wart and pick at every wart and 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 as well as a little bit of potential posturing out there. Rob, one other thing on on hoops recruiting, um, I think this was new this year. If I read this right, NBA scouts were at the Peach Jam. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Is that is that a good thing? You think? I mean, I don't. I think is there any I negative think, to it? I mean, I guess I don't think there's. A, I don't think there's a negative to it. I mean, I think it's it's definitely a good thing for the NBA. Them out and um, do do what you you, you clip you yeah, clip and it, it was kind of interesting. Also, I don't I don't think it's a huge deal, and I think it's a good thing, especially for the NBA. I mean, it helps them out tremendously. Kind of start building their database a year early with some eyewitness accounts and I thought it was a little odd this year that they stuck to it though because they limited you know how many people could be in there it was virtually impossible to get a media credential um reason I I wasn't able to get one and I know a couple of NBA scouts that they all and they what they did that they basically alternated whether it was NBA scouts or college coaches who could be there because they had to keep the like during the week the NBA scouts were there and then they had to 
they had to bail out and the college coaches were there on the weekends. Interesting. Um, so that, that, but that's happened before. Not at the Peach Jam. Now they've been able to go to the NBA Players Association camp right. in years past for partial part of it, but no, that's that's a new thing for the Peach Jam. Well, what you think that'll continue to broaden out to to all to a lot of other select tournaments moving forward? I don't know if they'll do it with all other select tournaments moving forward. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really see a negative to it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't either. I just. You know, I don't, but I also think it makes a lot of sense at the Peach Jam and the NBA Players Camp. I'm talking about just because there's such a collection of talent. You know, I don't know how much, how many NBA guys would show up. At, you know, something that was not like a major showcase event. And then right. the Nike deal was different this year because they they kept them in one place. They didn't play. You know, normally they play four four big tournaments in their EYBL. They'll play in Atlanta. They'll play up in Hampton, Virginia. They'll play you know, maybe in Lexi, Kentucky or Dallas, and then they'll play. They always wind up at the Peach Jam. Instead, this year, they just went to Augusta and stayed there. They just all played They just all played there the whole time. Stayed there for 11 days. All right. Yeah. Any, anything new on the Hoops recruiting front? I, I, I mean, I don't want to beat that horse, that, that, that horse if there's not a whole lot there, but it, it seems like it's kind of been status quo, right, which is normal. Yeah, I mean, nothing major. They'll, they'll be the, – the whole entire staff will be in Orlando um, this weekend or t- this week. That's when the, the NBA Players Association camp, which is normally in June, was moved to – and it's normally at UVA in Charlottesville. Uh, it was moved to Orlando to, to the – where they had the NBA bubble uh, last season, and the entire Tennessee staff is, is there as, as we're recording this, looking at multiple guys. Let, okay. let's, let's talk about the real the real deals. Why is Josh Shelby on the Tennessee Volunteers? He I, I, I didn't – Tennessee. That would – you know, I guess they were looking for a point guard. That, that one surprised me. A little, little surprised that the volunteers went down so easy. Where's Melvin? I'll Dillard? tell you what they bought me. Hmm? Melvin? Melvin was supposed to play. He was supposed to play from what I heard. i tell you who Bobby was really disappointed. Not, you know, not mad at him. He understood why. But who he really wanted on the team that he felt could have made a huge difference was Kyle Alexander. And I would, I would agree with him. That would have been, that would have been a, a, a big addition. I don't know if anybody's seen Kyle lately, but. If you want to Google some YouTube clips from his this past, him this past year in Europe and compare it to when he was a freshman, it's hard to believe it's the same person. A little bit of development going on physically, right? Yes, very much so. So we'll continue to follow uh, basketball recruiting for you. We'll continue to follow football recruiting. We'll continue to follow plenty of football stuff as fall camp gets opened up as well. But that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition. By the way, shout out to uh, Coach Clark. Congratulations, right? Yes, on, on, congratulations. Becoming, on becoming a dad. So uh, congratulations to, to his wife, Alexis. Yep. Congrats, Coach. Yep. Congratulations to them. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control Volquist.com podcast for Austin Price and Rob Lewis. I'm You're Lightning McQueen. I'm <laughs> just rolling with the flow, AP. That's going to do it for this podcast. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.